0: Welcome back to Well That's Interesting. The It Had a Good Run, then a Terrible Run edition. Oh no. (laughs) At least it
1: had a good run first. Yes. It it did. It did. Yeah. Oh, and then it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a lot of things in life, I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, this this story really sums up humanity, I think. But okay, let's let's get into it. Today is (laughs) today's episode 084. The worst space collision in history so far. You know,
1: (laughs) collisions are bad enough Mm -hmm. here on Earth, but Mm -hmm. when you take anything that can happen here on Earth and put it in space, it's so much worse. It's so, so much worse. It's so much scarier. I never want to go to space. It's just... Jill, I'm yeah. never going to space. Okay. I'm really okay. sorry. I, I don't mean to, like, crush your dreams, but I am never going to space. Oh, my
0: God. I'm with you. Don't worry. You're not crushing anything. Okay. You're not crushing any dreams. Trust okay. me.
1: I want to stay right here <laughs> in this apartment.
0: Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the the, the very grounded, not going anywhere, nope. Marissa Riley.
1: That's me. <laughs> Staying right here, two feet in the bed <laughs> at all times. <laughs> Uh, if this is your first time listening,
0: welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real
1: time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today, and I'm still not yes. sure. I just do know in my heart that I'm not going to space. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. This story will not help. Great. <laughs>
0: that's fine it's just something to think about if you if anyone listening has ever thought yeah i could do space oh oh god think twice <laughs> so.
1: think unless you're like a scientist right and doing the science stuff mm-hmm. maybe not yeah so. if you're just rich and feel like it you know what then you should go to space and just don't come back don't come back <laughs> that's, that's right. You know what? I think they're doing something right. They're leaving us, Mm. the rich idiots. Anyways, back to the podcast.
0: So, yes, my friends, today we're going to talk about a relic from the past. Okay. A space station built prior to the world-renowned International Space Station. Oh. Yeah, it was once considered a triumph of human achievement, but like with most things man-made, it eventually imploded in on itself with an equally impressive fiery end. Relatable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Today we're going to talk about the Mir space station. Okay. And its collision with a resupply vehicle while in fucking orbit on June 25th, 1997. Oh. Yeah, which left the crew on board having to deal with the definition of a nightmare. Okay. You're alone in space. Your your ship is in pieces, and if you don't fix the hole where all your sweet precious air molecules are being sucked out by the vacuum of, vacuum of space within 23 minutes, you're going to pass out and
1: die. You know what's so interesting is this is a very crazy story. Yeah. I heard nothing about it. To be fair, I was 7, but I heard nothing <laughs> about it. Was this on the news? I feel like this is the same year Princess Diana died and and, and that pretty oh, much consumed all yeah. of the news for yeah. 2 years max, at least. But like I never yeah. heard about this. Yeah. And this sounds really interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so join me, will you, on that day with those crew members as we run through their experience and how they survived. Okay. Yes, my friends, this is a survival story. Okay. <laughs> I'm still not excited about space. It's a fucking crazy story, and we're going to live through it with them. It's All like, right. Let's, let's do that today. Let's Trauma <laughs> bonds. <laughs> let's do it in space. Okay, now. Before we take a ride on the worst coaster ever, uh, let's introduce ourselves with the mirror. Okay. Because honestly, this station was built and orbiting when most members of the flock were young kids or not even born. Got
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. I was seven.
0: There you go.
1: Jill, how old were you? (laughs) I was a little older. We're not going to talk about that.
0: So what is the mirror exactly? Who built it? What does it look like? How do you poop there? Let's get into it. That is so- <laughs> a great
1: question. I am so glad we're going to cover it. Yes. I think about this once a week. Maybe yeah. not once a week. <laughs> Maybe like twice a year. I think about like, how are they going to the bathroom in space? Oh, yeah. I have photos. Is it diapers?
0: That, that's do an they have facilities? Now. They have facilities. They're different now. But we're going to see what it looked like then it's gonna be great it's gonna
1: be great i think i just changed the (laughs) focus of this
0: episode (laughs) to butts um anyways continue you know i guided it towards the butts you really did so well okay so uh now dr marissa when i say the words space station what image comes to mind what does a space station look like to you
1: i think of um like uh a big thing floating in space it's Mm -hmm. usually kind of like a long tube with like a little uh kind of like a fan around the middle of it yeah um yeah almost like it looks like some sort of bow tie almost it's it's, i don't know i that's a terrible way to explain it but it's like a long tube with a circle around it yeah i mean you took the word tube right out of my mouth we're going to get into that actually yeah awesome. my
0: friends if you know what the international space station looks like today you pretty much have an idea of what the mirror looked like back in the day uh, like you said think of a tube okay and a bunch of other tubes called modules sticking out from various places and there's a bunch of solar panels sticking out of it. So Solar panels. Yeah.
1: That's what I was thinking. There you go. Oh. Oh, and the word module. What a mm. space word. It's <laughs>
0: a space word. Such a space word. Module. Module. You want to say it together?
1: Module. module. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Thank
1: you. <laughs>
0: so I actually have a picture of the mirror. Wonderful. Uh, Dr. Marissa, would you say that our... Our description was pretty spot on. What do you say? Let's take a look. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah,
1: definitely. This one's a little more chaotic than what I was picturing. (laughs) Um, That's a great word for today. That's a great word. There's, because when I think of it, I I think of like pristine from Mm -hmm. like fancy movies, like these really nice, like uh super modern ones yeah. and mm-hmm. and obviously this is from the 90s so it's a little chunkier that's another great word for today yeah um so yeah it's it's a big tube with another tube going through it and then coming out from the tubes are these big panels and it's it's a bit much yes.
0: bit cluttered oh my god that's another great you're hitting all the keywords it's so Holy cluttered fuck. Yeah, it looks like the ISS, but this chonky hero was built throughout the 1980s, specifically assembled while in orbit from 1986 to 1996. What a job. Yeah, and if you know how bulky phones were back in that day, then you can get an idea about the technology in this space station. Oh my
1: god. Yeah. It is... Yeah, this looks like the space station equivalent of one of those brick phones. Yes, it's a bunch of of those brick phones taped together. Yeah, (laughs) if you are too young um, to know what these brick phones are, first of all, enjoy your skin. Um, (laughs) Second of all, Google these phones. They are so funny, and people took them very seriously for like three months in the 90s. It was a, a sign of like very high class. Yeah. Lol. Lol. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So
0: Google that, take a look at it, and then you can get a sense of how cramped it was inside this thing. But we'll, we'll get into it. Um, according to its wiki page, it had, just just to get a sense of how just hefty it was on the outside, yeah. it had a greater mass than any previous spacecraft. And at the time, it was the largest artificial satellite in orbit. Wow. Um, Mir, which translates to peace in Russian. <laughs> <Lol>. <laughs> I know. Wow.
1: Whoops. I will not go into that right now,
0: yeah. but... So, yeah. Mir was <laughs> was, uh, was operated by the Soviet Union and later by Russia from 1986 to 2001. And although it was a bulky beast of a thing, it had a lot of firsts. Fair. I yeah. respect. Yeah. yeah I and respect I, it. And I thought we could celebrate the first before getting into the ball of flames it became. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dr. Marissa, please tell us some of the groundbreaking shit this
1: station broke and why it was a big deal. Uh, Nothing would make me happier. All right, from the wiki, quote, (laughs) (laughs) like how we're on a first-name basis with Wikipedia now. (laughs) From the wiki with uh, finger guns, quote, (laughs) um, the station served as a microgravity research laboratory in which crews conducted experiments in biology, human biology, Physics, astronomy, astronomy, uh, meteor- meteorology, and spacecraft systems with a goal of developing technologies required for permanent occupation of space. Let's do it. AKA my most (laughs) feared thing in the world. I'm not going. You guys enjoy. Okay, continuing the quote. Mir was the first continuously inhabited long-term research station in orbit and held the record for the longest continuous human presence in space at 3,644 days until it was surpassed by the ISS. Mm-hmm. It still holds the record for the longest single human space flight, with Valery Polyakov spending 347 days and 18 hours on the station. Can you imagine? I can't. Um, <laughs> and I... Well, I, I would imagine, but... I don't want to think about it too hard. Anyways, continuing the quote. Inner Cosmos was a Soviet Union space exploration program, uh, which allowed members from countries allied with the Soviet Union to participate in crewed and uncrewed space exploration missions such as Syria, Bulgaria, and uh, Afghanistan in the late 1980s. When the Soviet Union fell, international astronauts were invited aboard from the U.S., France, Germany, Austria, and the U.K. End quote. So Uh sounds really cool. A lot of people went there. Yeah. You know, Valerie stayed there for (laughs) over a year. Did not want to come back. No. I feel like I'm happy for Valerie. I, I hope he... Returns. Mm -hmm. I hope someone returns his ashes there someday. (laughs) It sounds like he enjoyed it. Um I like how I'm speaking for him, maybe he hated it. I don't know. know. It's
0: a long time. We're gonna see some photos and I can't imagine spending four hundred over four hundred days in what we're about to see. Oh my god. But um yeah. But I mean honestly it's lovely. Everyone learned to play nice and work together eventually. So that was that was a big deal. Uh but let's get to the fun stuff the drama, and mechanical breakdowns. Oh my
1: god, I was reading your notes and I thought you said the mental breakdowns and I was like, (laughs) yes! Tell me about Valerie's mental breakdown! I I imagine there were only like one or two of those, but...
0: I'm sure it happened. It had to. I mean, we're going to look at a photo of a guy's face, and you can tell me if he had a breakdown or
1: not. So. Oh, my God. I can't
0: <laughs> wait. Oh, my God. So let's get to it. Like, how do you poop in a cramped space station made in the 1980s and 90s? Yeah. And most importantly, how in the holy hell does a station built to last initially only five years hang on for 15? That's a good question. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Way longer than its intended shelf life. So we have to ask, Was it? what was it, like, really like in there? Yeah. So... If you're thinking, it must have been rough. Yeah, it kind of was. Yeah, Uh, And the wiki of all places has a damn good description. Quote, inside, the 130-ton mirror resembled a cramped labyrinth, crowded with hoses, cables, and scientific instruments, as well as articles of everyday life. Photos, children's drawings, books, a guitar. (laughs) That guy.
1: Yeah, (laughs) uh, there's always that guy. Oh, my God.
0: It commonly housed three crew members, but it would support as many as up to six for a month. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, The station was designed to remain in orbit for around five years, but it stayed in orbit for 15. As a result, NASA astronaut John Blaha reported that Mir did look used. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Which is to be expected, given given it had been lived in, for 10 to 11 years without being brought back home and cleaned. End quote. Oh, I didn't even
1: think of that. Yeah. So, obviously, they had to clean it. But, but I don't know, man. Oh, no! <laughs> I, was like, I, I, th- I
0: think they did their best. I think they did their best. <laughs> oh, wow. Could you imagine going into an Airbnb after 11 years of people just coming and going... No. and hopefully they cleaned
1: up after themselves <laughs> oh my god that's right you can't shoot a, a cleaning service no you can't shoot a maid up there yeah so oh well, my god you know what?
0: <laughs> actually i have um two photos okay uh, dr okay. marissa would you like to see some cramped soviet 1980s space design that hadn't been cleaned in over a decade
1: i have two photos i, I can't believe i'm gonna say this but i really do <laughs> okay. i really want to see it now oh f- yeah sorry <laughs> The first shot
0: is uh, one end of the core module, okay. where all the other modules would dock and attach. So, if Really? You wa- yeah. So if you wanted to go into the next room, per se, which was another module, you have to pass through this really tiny circular pathways to get inside, but a lot of other shit too. Dr. Morris, what do you see
1: in this photo? I see a nightmare. <laughs> I... We've looked at a lot of things on this podcast and I really hate what I'm looking at right now. This is one of, this is a big reason why I don't want to go to space is the tiny spaces. Yes. Um, so I'm looking at just like, when you first look at this, it just looks like I'm staring at a pile of cords and um, that's it. And And I'm trying to understand like, It's kind of like some sort of wall with a bunch of these little sort of circular hatches. Yeah. And then one of them, I guess this is how you get to other places, but this hatch is tiny. It's surrounded by cords. All exposed wire. All exposed Uh wire, these Uh big hoses, and um, it's not like in the movies where everything is perfect and either white or either black. It's like... Ugly '80s hospital green yes. and red tape. Why is there electrical tape right yeah. here? It's it's duct tape together. It's a, <laughs> yeah. So it's a space station duct tape together, and uh, if you it, and you don't have gravity, so if you hit your head mm. on any of this crap, it's gonna really suck. It's gonna suck. It's a pile of crap. I mean, it's- I'm glad it existed. I hope. I hope we've gone on to make nicer holes (laughs)
0: put it on its own yeah um yeah it's disorienting it's not labeled um so just keep that in mind when you know you know
1: when a stressful event takes place yeah it's it's like uh, it's like a pc versus apple this is just like a broken pc and you want to look at an apple really bad
0: (laughs) uh here's my favorite photo it happens to be cosmonaut yuri yusachev uh, with a thousand-yard stare, surrounded by his kids' drawings and stains on the walls.
1: Okay, <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that's so, what this is. Come on by our social media stuffs and take a look at
1: Yuri's face. <laughs> Yuri, um, Yuri looks like Britney Spears at the end of the conservatory. Is what was it called? Yeah, at the I end of you. her uh, prison sentence. Yeah. Um she's just—it's just like dead eyes. Yes you know and but but he's doing what he loves i guess and and he's got like all these pictures of his family on the wall which mm-hmm. is really cute Very he's cute. got a little vest on and he's maintained his mustache which That's true. i think is kind of amazing yeah i uh, he was like i'm not gonna let living in a tin can in space keep me from being who I am. He's he is well
0: groomed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that's what kept him together. The yeah. mustache. The He's mustache. Like, I'm going to keep him together. Selleck
1: in space. <laughs> awesome. Space Selick. Yuri Selleck. Yuri Selick. Let's hear it for Yuri Selick. Yes. Selleck. <laughs> yes but um but yeah it it looks like it just looks dirty i know walls look dirty yeah oh that's so gross there's like this shower curtain thing i don't know it's terrible y'all should look at it yeah
0: please zoom in please zoom in when you get there yeah uh michael foley uh, really summed it up best he happens to be one of the crew members who lived through the collision we're about to talk about Oh God. Uh, he told the BBC back in 1998 it was like going into quote someone's very old garage where there's just been stuff put away for years on end and nobody's moved it end quote so yeah yeah I mean yeah so as you can imagine things like exercising and going to the bathroom were a journey yeah And in space and as in life, these two things are really important. Uh, Exercising, especially, since the most significant adverse effects of long-term weightlessness are muscle atrophy and skeletal deterioration. That's fair, yeah. Yeah. To avoid this, crew members used bungee cords to strap themselves to a treadmill. Wow. In in all of this clutter and had to run at least 3.1 miles a day that's not bad Yep. Yeah. on top of this they had to buckle into a stationary bike and use that for another
1: 6.2 miles or 10 kilometers nice that sounds like a nice workout but <laughs> i can't imagine either of those things fitting in either of these pictures yeah. that i've seen ah what a disaster yeah well dr marissa i actually do have a photo
0: ah!
1: <laughs> can't wait
0: I have a photo of astronaut Shannon Lucid, who is, I mean, she's beaming. She's living her best life, it's true. But she's strapped to this treadmill, and she's strapped to it back in 1996. Oh, I'm pumped! <laughs> Take a
1: look at this scene. Shannon! <laughs> I cannot see where the treadmill Yeah. Ends and the space station begins. Is that not insane? You can't I see I can't the- see the treadmill. Basically, I see this awesome badass woman. Yeah. She's wearing this kind of harness thing. And behind her, you see all of the chaos of this tiny space station. Crap is strapped to the wall. It looks like there's like outfit crap. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Might as well. And she's kind of holding on- onto her harness. Yeah. But I do not see a treadmill anywhere. Yeah. I'm guessing it's this we these boxes right in front of her. This is Shannon. Wow, way to go with the positivity. Yes. Keep it up. Yeah. And clean that place. Oh my God! Not because you're a woman, but because you, <laughs> <laughs> because you have good vibes. Yeah, it's fucking this Yuri's job. Please don't cancel me. <laughs>
0: we all know what you mean i know. know yeah there's even more exposed wiring i can't even i can't even like so much stuff was added over the years to make it functional it ended up looking like a frankenstein's monster situation terrible so many houses uh, so many houses now speaking of monsters want to see what you'd have to poop on yeah i do actually <laughs> i'm really
1: excited i
0: should say what you'd have to sit on to poop oh, sorry no
1: no! No! Okay. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. Where yeah. do you... Uh-huh. What? I know. It's confusing. Do you strap yourself in? You sure do. Where? There's no seat. Yeah. There's just... Okay. What I'm looking at is like... um. Uh, 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 uh... Yeah. Oh, I see where... Okay. I see what... Work it out. Do Work it out. Do your legs go here?
0: I think they str- you, you straddle it. You straddle we'll, it. We'll get into the details exactly, but when you look at this photo, it's like... I, it out. I it. don't even
1: know. It, okay, what it looks like is a beer keg with a hole on the top. And then uh, that's as far as I've gotten. It looks yep. like you're shitting on a propane tank. It's yes. just like... I don't know how... That's a great way to put it, let me tell you. Oh, my God. Just, you guys got to look at this picture. Is this (laughs) stains? Yeah. No. They're
0: feces stains, you guys. Yeah, I didn't even get, there's a whole Wikipedia section dedicated to this toilet and all the horrible things that grew in it, but I didn't, we didn't have time. (gasps) (laughs) We didn't have time. Well, I mean, that's what I'm looking up
1: later. Yeah. Um, I'll do my own podcast. Podcast. Padcast. pad-cast. <laughs> <Bad guess. laughs> In uh, Minnesota. Um, <laughs> on this toilet. This propane tank toilet. Jesus. Yeah, let's <sighs> just. Get into how
0: it basically functioned. Uh, Dr. Marissa, please tell us how this thing worked. Uh, Please describe to us how to poo in zero gravity in the 1980s
1: and 90s. Honestly, nothing would make me happier. All right. From the wiki, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) quote, the user first fastened uh, to the toilet. The user is first fastened to the toilet seat which was equipped with a spring-loaded restraining bars to ensure a good seal. Mm -hmm. Gross. A lever operated uh, a powerful fan, and a suction hole slid open. The airstream carried the waste away. Whoa. Uh, Solid waste was collected in individual bags, which were stored in an aluminum container. Liquid waste was evacuated by a hose connected to the front of the toilet with uh, anatomically appropriate urine funnel adapters attached to the tube so both men and women could use the same toilet. I'm going to the row up <laughs> waste was collected and transferred to the water recovery system where it was recycled back into drinking water mm-hmm. although this was usually used to produce oxygen via the electron system and quotes so you're breathing your own pee sure um yeah i think they still do that The recycled back into water yeah. fair that's efficient yeah
0: um good i trust it now i don't trust it back in 1986
1: no, for sure not with the feces stains <laughs> yes i saw on that
0: toilet oh, oh boy yeah so, so my friends all of this was just a smidge of the human experience aboard the aging Mir space station well i should say the experience on a good day okay by the time 1997 rolled around our girl Mir was 11 years old Way past the five year expe- expectancy rate. I can, I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> and she was showing her age beyond just stains and clutter. Uh, honestly, the universe was providing signs loud and clear that it was time to retire this ship. Yeah. For example, according to the BBC article aptly called Mir, floating from one crisis to the next. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> in February of 1997, an oxygen generating canister you guessed it, just burst into flames. No,
1: not flames in space.
0: (laughs) Terrible. Uh, It burned for about 14 minutes, which in these cramped quarters must have felt like years. Oh, God. And get this, the fire blocked the exit, leading to one of two lifeboats to get off the goddamn station. The smoke was so thick, the crew composed of four Russians, one American and one German, they reported they could barely see around them. And they serious, they were seriously considering abandoning Mir, uh, just stuffing themselves into one lifeboat.
1: That would have been, yeah, a nightmare. Yeah. But I also want to watch that show. So (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, I mean, so it sounds bad. And it was this, This fire actually made the record books, becoming the worst fire experienced on a spacecraft. So, round of applause. (laughs) Well done. Dr. Marissa, why don't you do the honors of telling us what happened next. uh, What other signs from the universe were received but not heard? Let's
1: let's hear them. All right. Uh, Continuing from the article, quote, two weeks later, a second main oxygen generator malfunctioned forcing the crew to rely on backup canisters similar to the one which caused the fire. Doe A month later, uh, there were more problems with the spaceship's breathing apparatus when the main uh, carbon dioxide removal system malfunctioned, forcing the crew to use the backup system. Mm. End quote. You know, just breathing... No big deal. Yeah. No oh. big deal. Let's do the backup breathing. Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah. A fire, an explosion. A month later, something else fucking happened. So I think it's safe to say that this is a stressful work and living environment. Yeah. Uh, well, good news. It's, it's about to get a whole lot worse. Fine. Yeah. After the break, we've made it to the summer of love, June of 1997. Good times. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> the mirror is receiving a seven-ton module filled with supplies so the crew members can stay longer for some, god un- for some ungodly reason. Oh, God. But the universe had other ideas. Uh-huh. Hold on to your butts. Shit's going to get so wild. You know it. So please stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, if you ever wanted to learn... How to dock a module full of supplies and goodies to a space station built in the 1980s. Today's your day.
1: Amazing. (laughs) I didn't, but I'm very excited to hear about it.
0: Everyone, congratulations. You're a cosmonaut or astronaut aboard the mirror. Okay. That includes you, Dr. Marissa.
1: Okay, but only in theory. Only
0: in theory. (laughs) Theoretical doctor, professor, astronaut. Very theoretical. Marissa Riley. Yes,
1: I'll be on Earth the entire time. (laughs) Yes. Let's do this. So, This cargo container
0: full of supplies, this module, right, is currently just floating out there in space just a few meters away from the core module you're sitting in. Okay, easy enough. (laughs) Now, it's your responsibility to fly that module over via remote control and dock it to your module. Cool. I'm going to fly the module. (laughs) That's right. Think of it as like just sliding right in like a key into a lock. That's nice. how it's supposed to work. Cool. Now, <laughs> now you're probably wondering what control panel you'll be using and what screen you'll be looking into just to make sure you could fly this thing safely into its proper location.
1: Oh, you know I am. Yes, Is there a joystick? Is ah, there a button? Mm-hmm. Do I wear those weird little gloves from Fine. Minority Report and go, you, no one can see me. Um, <laughs> there was some really great flailing. <laughs> We've been flailing yeah. <laughs> a lot. Okay, anyways. But yeah, how how am I, how am I flying yeah. this sweet
0: module? Okay, so everyone, just imagine a screen and a control board, just whatever, just the best materials you can think of. Just, just think of it. Put it right in your head right now. I see it. Now, I guarantee, whatever you just imagined to make this all work, uh, it's nothing that uh, what Vasily, uh, his name is Vasily Sibli- Sibliev. Sibleyev? It's nothing like what Vasily had to use back in June of
1: 1997. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm imagining, like like version one Pong.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Dr. Marissa, would you like to see what fucking technology uh, Vasily had to fucking work with to remotely control a massive shipping container hurtling towards the mirror? Would oh, you like to see
1: it? Oh, fucking yes! Right. Show it to me. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, Okay, hey, so imagine one of the computers from the 90s that's like... Um, Even smaller. It's like, <laughs> if you've seen a Polaroid picture, that's how big the screen is. And then, um, so imagine you have that and a, and a tiny keyboard, and imagine that computer is off. <laughs> <laughs> and then in front of you, you've just got this little joystick, yeah. like a, like you're shifting gears in a car right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it. No window. I don't see a window. Mm-hmm. The computer's not on. There's <laughs> random cords. Again, in, in and, front of him. <laughs> and a pipe. And is that a paper towel? It is. Oh, come on.
0: Come on. Oh, God, yeah, my friends, please come on over to our social media stuffs. So take a look. Uh, but in the meantime... <laughs> This screen, I think it's no more than four by six inches. Yeah. It's just as we're looking over Silly's shoulder and it's compared to his hand. It's like the size of an adult hand. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like four by six inches or 10 by 15 centimeters. And, you know, what's displayed on this screen is the position of the mirror from the point of view of the incoming module. Okay. Okay. And you're using that little joystick there to direct the module into the dock. Okay. Okay. So this is a rudimentary explanation of how all this works, but it does the job to help understand the events that unfolded next. Yeah. Dr. Marissa, please get us started from the official report over at history.nasa.gov. How did the cruise day begin?
1: Oh, <laughs> all right. Let's get into it. Okay. Quote on June 25th, 1997. Vasily Siliv... Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) Took remote control of the Progress resupply vehicle and fired its rockets to propel the craft toward the Mir space station. The progress left its parking orbit and began moving rapidly toward the mirror. But on the video screen it was difficult to make out the station according to Sibliev. Sibliev's deficient perspective had a further limitation, according to astronaut Michael Fole, who was aboard. What Vasili was seeing on his screen was an image that didn't change in size very fast. Great. <laughs> awesome. <Yep. laughs> um, that's the nature of using a TV screen to judge your speed and your distance. He couldn't accurately determine from the image on the screen that the speed was too high. And mm-hmm. quote, it's because the screen Sucks. Yeah. Uh, this technology. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of like a better term other than like sucks. Yeah, that's a perfect word. Yeah, yeah it I just mean, our, sucks. Our, our
0: phones were big, our screens were very small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's right, my friends. Thanks to the gritty, tiny, grayscale imagery, his perspective was off and he couldn't tell he was coming in way too fast. Oh, God. Now, by the time he realized this horrific mistake, and fired the braking rockets, it was too late. Yeah. Fellow cosmonaut Alexander Lazutkin was also watching the little screen, and when he too realized what was happening, he screamed in Russian, Michael, get in the escape ship.
1: Oh my god, no! Yeah. That's
0: the last thing you want to hear! Yeah, I know. Alexander later described what the rogue module called Progress looked like as he watched through a goddamn window as it hurtled towards Mir. it looked I know it looked quote full of menace like a shark I watched this black body covered in spots sliding past below me at that point there was a great thump and the whole station shook end quote yeah
1: so at least he got
0: out (laughs) yes yes eventually yes they (laughs) did at the very least yeah I know he had a fucking window view (laughs) Support son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. jeez. So, here's the good news. Okay, by chance, progress didn't hit the module they were in. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the fucking bad news um, it hit an adjoining module called Spectre. Okay. Which was super fucking important, and we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> First, we need to deal with some serious shit. And honestly, I gotta say, there was no way in hell my retelling of this cruise story and how they dealt with the air leak. My story could not do it, do it justice at all. So, yes, there was an air leak, thanks to the tear inspector. So we're going to go right to the source. I'm going to play a four-minute video of astronaut Michael Foley telling the tale of how they scrambled to seal the leak. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah.
0: Oh!
1: Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> so if any member of the flock wants to watch, and you totally should because there's actually recorded footage of what happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. Search BBC, MIR Spacecraft, Worst Collision in History of Space Flight, and the article should pop right up. Uh, Dr. Marissa, are you ready? No. <laughs> but I will watch it. And, and, yeah, I'm pumped. Let's do it. Yeah, so feel free to pause and say, you know, what you're thinking, if you want to talk about anything. Uh, let me pull it up right here. There's very dramatic music in the beginning. Ooh, but, uh, fun. So Michael Foley, or Michael Fole. I should have learned how to say your name. Take it away. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's do it. Great music. hmm Very intense. Not that cheesy. I was expecting cheesier.
2: Mir was a space station built by the Russians the impression you got when you opened up the hatch and went into Mir for the first time were twofold. One was the smell. There's a smell oh, of God. a bit like an oily garage. Maybe a little bit of musk. Pause. We did the- <laughs> Yeah. Gross.
1: Yeah. The fact that your first, like, the first thing you experience going into this thing is an oily smell. Yeah, that's not good. That's disgusting. I'm also watching a guy in short shorts eat from a tube right now and it is (laughs) weird yeah also I don't know why. I think it's because I've seen too many movies, but in space, I always imagine everyone is in these sleek, like cat suits, mm-hmm. like really comfortable black, sleek outfits. Yeah. That is not what these people are wearing. They look like they are ready yeah. for a volleyball sesh on the beach. Yeah. They're in these tiny little white piped shorts. Space is not comfortable, man. It's not. But I get it. <laughs> they wanted to be comfy, and this is what was comfy to them. It's yeah. just hilarious pretty great yeah anyways
0: maybe they were wearing something sleek and they were like you know what i just have to be naked i yeah. can't do this anymore i understand <laughs> i
1: get
2: it
0: but
2: here we go have molded in on the mirror and then uh, the other impression is clutter oh, God. so as you go through your ghost basically it's like going into the esophagus of someone's throat for real after mm-hmm. about six weeks of being on the station i've been doing my experiments i'm very happy i get up on june the 25th Vasily Sibleyev, uh, the commander, and uh, Alexander Lazutkin, the flight engineer, had been using um, radio control equipment to fly a cargo ship called Progress that weighs about seven tons into the Mir station using a TV looking at the station. Oh,
1: so dumb. As yeah. I look at look Vasily's that. TV the thing, screen. The I... screen, pause. Yeah. The screen is just terrible. It's so small. It, it, you could barely see anything on it. We got, yeah. we got to see it. Yeah. But, ugh. Awful. P- keep playing. <laughs>
2: Here we go. I can see that the orientation is all wrong for a, a proper docking to take place. And Sasha, the flight engineer, says to me, Michael, Krabble.
1: Michael, cut it
2: And he means the Soyuz spacecraft, which was joined onto the end of the station, what is that, at that point, our lifeboat. But I understood because of the emergency in which he said it, that he meant. Go there to save your life.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Ah. Uh!
2: And as I float through, I feel the whole space station shudder and, and move around me. I'm pretty sure this may be my last breath because I'm looking at the thin, three-millimeter-thick uh, aluminium walls. I'm just waiting for them to part. What? Mm-hmm. The claxons go off when there's a... A pressure leak, and then I felt my ears popping, which means in this case the air is leaving the space station. No. And there was a whistling sound coming from the Spectre module. In 23 minutes, if we did nothing, we would start to go unconscious. Sasha comes to me and and uh, just doesn't say a word. He just feverishly starts trying to remove cables leading into the spectrum module. Sasha looked around for a large hatch that could be put in place, and we just put it on. And as it went on, it kind of went. And sucked in but then because the station had been hit by the progress we were now tumbling and rolling and at that point the solar arrays had no electric power and the batteries were giving out there wasn't a fan running none of the carbon dioxide removal was working yeah. no every option, bad generation mm-hmm. and no, no communications with Moscow or anybody else it was a totally dead station ah! This is not something you see in movies where it all gets solved instantly by some brainy chap. It took probably six hours. We used the Soyuz spacecraft and just fired the jets to stop the space station tumbling and rolling. And then, wonderfully, we came into uh, sunlight after this. And all of a sudden, the fans started to come on and the lights came on. And I said, "Vasily, we've done it. However, for the next month, the station was inoperable in any normal sense. It could just sustain our lives and nothing else. When finally the shuttle came in October, I was really, really quite happy to see them. (laughs) And as we backed away from the Mir station, I looked at it and thought, I don't really mind if I don't ever see that again.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) All right. So basically, everything went wrong. Yeah. And then they had to stay there. Yeah. Until someone came and got them. That's right. Yeah, the shuttle, he was talking about the
0: uh, the Americans had to come by and pick them up. So
1: <laughs> embarrassing. Oh my God. It's like, oh, uh, your parents having to come pick you up from a party. And they couldn't do anything. It sounds like they couldn't do any of their experiments and yeah. stuff. That They were literally just floating there. Uh, I
0: highly recommend. Uh, reading about the time that month. That that could be a whole other podcast Yeah, episode that month while they're just sitting there waiting to be rescued. Uh! Yeah, like um, one of them had heart problems because of the stress. And yeah, it was like this
1: really, it was so intense.
0: Oh my God. It was God. So, so intense. That's why you don't
1: go to space <laughs> unless you are a scientist and you really want to. Yeah.
0: <sighs> so my friends, they were rescued by the American Space Shuttle a month later. Now this interview is fucking awesome and I mean that's why I had to play it It was incredible but it didn't include the moment I thought was the most incredible so here's what I mean he said they use rocket boosters to stop the uncontrollable spinning right right so this sounds like they turned on a few switches and all was well but here's the fucking thing after the impact computers and other important instruments were offline Those machines couldn't do the math to calculate how fast they were tumbling and what thrust, what amount of thrust, was needed to stabilize the mirror. What? The crew had to figure this out all by themselves. Oh, my God. They had to do math and all of this. Paper,
1: (laughs) pen to paper? Yes. Pencil to paper? Yeah. Oh, my
0: God. So, Dr. Marissa, would you like to help me report on how they did this in such
1: a chaotic scenario? Of course. Nothing would make me happier. Let's do it. All right. According to history.nasa.gov, quote: To stop the spin and face the solar panels towards the sun, the crew needed to know the spin rate of Mir. However, the computer and other instruments were out of operation. So, in the dark and in the silence, Fole or Foley went to the windows in the airlock and held his thumb up to the field of stars. Combining
0: a sailor's technique with a scientist's knowledge of physics, Full estimated the spin rate of the space station. Oh, my God. Then he and Lizutkin radioed the estimates down to the Moscow Control Center. The ground controllers fired Mir's engines, and that stopped the spin. But not perfectly and in no way permanently, but it showed that it could be done. End quote.
1: Uh, you've got to be so smart. <laughs> I am just not, I can't, no. <laughs> no. A fucking sailor's technique.
0: How? And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> are they going to, like, teach us that when, like, tourists go to space? So if, you're, if your ship is uncontrollably spinning, here's what you do. Oh,
1: my God. No. Oh. Oh, my God. Wow.
0: So, my God. So, uh... That is the survival story of the worst space collision in history so far. And if you're wondering, when did the Mir finally go out of commission? Drumroll, please. Four goddamn years later in 2001. You guys! <laughs> you
1: guys!
0: That's no, right. they... Sh- no! Yeah, that's right. On March 23rd, 2001, Mir was brought out of its orbit, entered our atmosphere, and was destroyed the debris fell into the south pacific ocean where hopefully ocean life has turned it into an artificial coral reef the end
1: um <laughs> what an end to this i mean burn it an <laughs> very important piece of junk yes so that's how you get rid of a space station is you just bring it back And it just fires up when it's coming back and then we dump it in the ocean. That's what we've been doing, yeah, to like satellites. Oh my God, you guys, we need a system (laughs) just to, even just a little better. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little better. God, just a little better. (laughs) Just even a little bit better. (laughs) Got to figure something out.
0: Yeah. So, my friends, yeah, that's the survival story of the Mirror Amazing. crew. Amazing. I love it. 1997. I am uh, sweating. I'm so sweaty. Please, you know, what can I say? Just thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about this fucking story. Ah! <laughs> and please, stay interesting. Please do.